Good night, y'all. And happy Easter. Thank you. Y'all, Jesus is risen. Amen. You can only imagine what this night, this morning, this whatever would have been like in heaven as the angels anticipated anxiously the rising of Christ from the dead. You could just imagine it. Being up in heaven and from the way in the backfield of heaven, you hear the angels slowly begin to chant, roll back the stone, roll back the stone. And it gets louder and louder and it reaches its height, roll back the stone. And all of a sudden the earth begins to quake and the angels begin to roll the stone back. And they sit on top of the stone as we heard in the gospel like, uh-huh, he's here. Right? And Jesus comes out triumphantly, rising from the dead. And he says, Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? You see, there is no death over the powers of God. And so on this night, we celebrate that God himself became man. That God himself loved us so much that he took on our human form. And that God himself died on the cross. And that God himself rose victoriously over sin and death. So that we would be able to be sharers and heirs of the kingdom of God. Now that's good news. Amen? Amen. Y'all, tonight we celebrate a whole lot. One of the things that we get to celebrate are two young men right here sitting in the front. Andre and Gabriel. They get to be baptized tonight. They'll be baptized. They will receive their first communion. And they will receive their first their only confirmation. We have two other brothers here, Travis and John. They're going to be able to receive their first communion. They've already been baptized in another faith. They're going to receive first communion and be confirmed tonight. And Christy will receive her confirmation. So a glorious night to be able to celebrate with y'all what God has been doing in your lives. The awesome journey he's taken y'all on. You know, i got to say, I love being Catholic, <laughs> obviously, but it's true. I mean, y'all, there's so many beautiful things about the Catholic faith. And tonight is the night of all nights where we don't hold anything back. The music is spectacular. We get to see things. We get to touch things. Everything becomes real. Everything becomes visible to us. The bride of Christ, the church is lit up in holy splendor. You ever notice at a wedding, that moment the bride walks in, everyone stands and takes a deep breath. Like, wow, she's glorious. Tonight we see the glory of the church. As we have fire, we see it, we smell it, we have the holy fires that are lit. We walk into the church in darkness, and the only thing that's lit is the Paschal candle, which is symbolic of Jesus, the light of the world. The symbolism of the Catholic Church is absolutely incredible and it's breathtaking. As we walked in, the only light that was on was the light of Jesus. And it comes from the scriptures. The light dispels the darkness. And the darkness does not overcome the light. So we come in, and the first person to light the candle is me, as priest, bringing the light of Christ to every baptized person 
that I ever get to baptize, the great honors. And then the next part happens where we begin to light one another's candles. And it's a beautiful moment. And the light doesn't dim from your candle just because you light somebody else's. See, all of your lights were lit at baptism. The candle and the light of Christ was given to your soul in baptism. And so you begin to share that light with everybody. Another awesome symbolism. Our two brothers here didn't have candles coming in. Why? Because the flame of faith hasn't been lit in their souls through baptism yet. They will get their baptismal candle here shortly and they will light everybody else's candles again because the light of Christ now comes from them and begins to get spread throughout the whole congregation. Beautiful symbolisms in tonight's liturgy. The candle that we speak of as we had the exalted chanted at the beginning of Mass. Wow, like it was still darkness. The only light was the light of Christ. And here's the spoken word being spoken into the darkness and into our hearts. One of the parts that was chanted says, But now we know the praises of this pillar, which glowing fire ignites for God's honor, a fire into many flames divided, yet never dimmed by sharing of its light. Isn't that a beautiful way to understand our faith? You see, we've been given the light of faith in order to share it, not just for me. Notice the fire that was lit up here in the darkness. It wasn't lit simply for itself to be lit. It was lit so everyone could see. And that's what it is to be a Christian, is that the light of Christ should burn so brightly in our hearts that it gives light for the whole world to see. And somebody can walk up to you and say, you know what, I've been hurting in my life. I need some help. And you begin to share that light of Jesus with other people. And all of a sudden they start to feel the love of God in their hearts. It's how faith is then transpired to others. It's simply by igniting other people's fire that's there, fan into flame. Sometimes that flame wants to go out. And so as Christians, we help one another by fanning into flame maybe the slightest little burning coals of ambers that can ignite in someone's heart into a burning flame. You know, Adam and Eve, they had that flame. They were created with that flame. Original innocence. And they chose to extinguish that flame. But it was necessary. And that was what the exaltate spoke of as well. It says, O truly necessary sin of Adam, destroyed completely by the death of Christ. O happy fault that earned so great, so glorious a Redeemer. O happy fault of Adam that earned so great a glorious Redeemer for us. And so while it was Sad that we now inherit original sin from Adam and Eve. It was necessary in a sense so that Christ could come and be our Redeemer. So that we could reach out to Him as my Savior. That even though what I may have gone through, what you may have gone through in your life, the faults that we've had, the sins that we've fallen into, it's okay because it's, sometimes we can say it's necessary in order for you to meet the mercy of God. We never want to sin. It's not what I'm saying. 
But we can take whatever we've been through, no matter what it is, no matter how bad it is, no matter how far down the road you got and travel into a road of darkness, you're never too far for the merciful hand of God to reach you. Amen. O necessary fault of Adam that gained for us so great and glorious a Redeemer. This morning, I was praying in the breviary. There's a beautiful reading in here. It's called just an ancient homily. Who knows how far back it goes? But I was very, very drawn to it. So I want to pull out some of the gems for us to look at here. Speaking of Adam, Christ is resurrected from the tomb. Right? But before He comes out of the tomb, He then dives into the realm of the dead and speaks to those who have gone before Him, the prophets of the Old Testament, the righteous men and women. And this is what this ancient homily says. Christ has gone to search for our first parents as for a lost sheep. Greatly desiring to visit those who live in darkness and in the shadow of death, He has gone to free from sorrow the captives, Adam and Eve. He who is both God and the Son of Eve. The Lord approached them. I love this. The Lord approached them bearing the cross, the weapon that He had won, the victory. At the sight of Him, Adam, the first man, He struck His breast in terror and he cried out to everyone my Lord be with you all and Christ answered him and with your spirit Christ took him by the hand and raised him up saying awake O sleeper and rise from the dead and I will give you light Can you imagine that? Just picture it. Christ is going in search for Adam and Eve. And He goes to them and He, he carries the cross. The very thing that won victory over the fault that Adam and Eve fell into. He carries it in victoriously. And Adam begins to speak. And Christ speaks back to him. And then He reaches His hand out and He says, Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead. You know, so many times I think Christ speaks that to our lives as well. He speaks that to us. Sometimes we get sleepy in our faith. Sometimes we close our eyes to the realities of the pain of those around us. Sometimes we don't speak to the poor, the homeless, the shelter, the abandoned, the elderly. We end up shutting our hearts off to the love of the ones that Christ said, you want to find me? Go find me in the poor. You want to find me? Go to those and serve who are in prison. You want to find me, Christ says? Go to the elderly and the widows. That's where you're going to find Jesus. And sometimes we close our eyes to faith. And Christ comes to us tonight and says, Arise, O sleeper. Wake up. You see, many times, like a tomb, we shut parts of our hearts off and we roll a big old stone in front of our hearts and we say, Ain't nobody getting inside of that part of my heart. Nobody. We shut that closed and we seal it up real good. We say, and that's a part of my life no one's going into. It's a part of my heart no one's going to get into. 
But Christ comes to each of us tonight, every one of us. And he says, roll back the stone. Roll it back. Christ wants to enter into the very depths of our hearts and the very spots that we say are so dark, so shameful that God could never, ever love me there. God wants to do it there. He wants to enter into our hearts right there. He says, this is why I came. This is why I died. This is why I rose from the grave because I want to set you free from the darkness and the sin that shackles us inside. He wants us to be set free. Don't let his life and his suffering and his resurrection go in vain, brothers and sisters. He died for all of us. He rose from the dead for all of us so that we could be set free from the darkness and the sins that shackle us. We don't need to live in shame any longer. Tonight is the night, above all nights, that the glory of the splendor of the Lord rises in our hearts and we are indeed set free as Christ the bridegroom is given to us here in the Holy Eucharist. He gives us his body to his bride, the church. He says, this is my body given for you and we receive him, some of you for the first time. What a glorious night. That the same Christ that rose from the grave now enters into our hearts. So roll back the stone. The areas of your heart that you shut down for a while. Christ wants in. And the minute you open a little bitty crack, you know what light does. A little bitty crack and light begins to come in. And that darkness will be dispelled. Because the light dispels the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome the light. Whenever we walked into that black church, the light of Christ came in, and it broke the darkness. That's what happens in our hearts tonight. The light of Christ enters in in a whole new way, in a powerful way, and it begins to dispel the darkness in our hearts we just got to let him we got to desire him to be there so tonight let this be a night above all nights a night that we can come that'll be everlasting remembrance for us that God is God and that he died for us but his love was so powerful for us so strong for us that he said, I don't want to live without you and I will overcome the sting of death. And the fault that Adam had is nothing compared to the love that God has for us. So let us rejoice tonight and every other night that follows, always remembering that as we look to Christ, he's not in the tomb no more. It's empty. So too with our hearts. May we let the light of Christ come in. Those areas where we think are empty, may he ex just shed his light inside of every part of our hearts so that we may be a light to the world and we may share the light of Christ in us to everyone that we meet. And notice that flame never said a word. It just did what fire does. It just lights people up. Let the word of God inside of us Light people up 
maybe even without saying a word. Amen.